thank you a million times over for doing this. I appreciate it. It is so fantastic to see you. Like, how are you first? First I'm and foremost. I'm doing excellent. Yeah? <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be part of your project, part of yeah. whatever change you're trying to make in the world, which I think is incredible. So I'm doing well. well. You know, it's, and, and actually, before we get into it, you're in Tennessee now, right? I am, yes. And so were you just dealing with some crazy weather? Were you a part of that? Oh, I definitely was. I was trapped. <laughs> oh my God. Well, is everything good? No pipes burst? Everything is good. Oh, thank the Lord. No, <laughs> nothing like that. Are you still I, in New York? I am, yeah. So how was that for you? <laughs> it's, it's, it's going well. It's different. The world's different right now. I mean, nothing the is... The world is different. Nothing is what it was, and it probably never will be again. And Agreed. I think everyone's kind of coming to terms with that in their own time. Um, but definitely like the winter, and I mean, you, you know this, you were in the East Coast for a lot of your life, like it's cold. And if there's nothing to do outside the house, you kind of- You're stuck, you're, <laughs> liter- you're stuck. You better hope you have some board games or some liquor, one of the two. <laughs> Listen, or both. but no it's going well and and I think it was interesting in like September October I was talking with my mom on the phone and I kind of on the phone came to the realization that oh we haven't done this pandemic in the winter yet like Mm -hmm. our lives shut down in March exactly and then it started to get nicer out and then we had the summer and the fall We've never done this in the winter. So like, what is that going to look exactly. like? And I think now we've all seen what that's going to look like. <laughs> and exactly. here we are. And couple a pandemic with seasonal depression. I mean, don't even get started. Because at least, you know, like you said, in the summer, at least you can walk outside. Like, at least still socially distance and things. But at least you have a little sun. Now it's just all cloudy and yeah. quiet. So... Well, Alana, this is fantastic that we are getting to reconnect in this way. And, and like I kind of explained to you, you know, in the messages as we were planning this, I, I had you on the list of people I wanted to talk to for this project um, because I don't know about you, but obviously I don't keep in touch with all 500 people we graduated with. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. So it's been, believe it or not, six years right since we graduated yeah i don't want to talk i don't want to talk about it it's fine everything is fine it's been six years um and and counting so it's it's crazy how how time has flown but mm-hmm. there are a couple people in in our high school class that even if i don't keep in touch with them every day or you know haven't talked to them in a while there's still people that i like the beauty of social media I kind exactly. of keep, I keep up with, I see what they're doing. Like, I love what they're doing. I'm yeah. a loyal, like being loyal followers to people where you're always just kind of like, oh, that's cool. Like reading what they're doing and seeing what exactly. they're doing. And I love that. And there's a lot of great stories and great people that are doing awesome things um, mm-hmm. that even came out of our hometowns and people that we met in college. So I have been, you know, following you from afar, just based on, on your socials. Um, since we graduated from high school and absolutely loving not only the content that you put out, but I have such admiration for people that enter spaces of expertise or take opportunities and make a conscious effort to keep the door cracked open a little wider behind them. Mm-hmm. 
just to make it like a little bit easier. It's not going to be easy. You still got to work hard. You still got to put in your, your time, blood, sweat, right. and tears, but you're making it easier and you're taking it upon yourself that in addition to your workload that you naturally have, I'm also going to make sure to share this story and this exactly. journey so that other people will not only be inspired by it, but know that they can do it too. So I've just long admired you for that. And so just to kick this off, would love for you to, <laughs> would love for you to tell anybody listening who might have, like I did, get a traditional four-year degree and then you graduate from school and you start work. Right. Where are you in your education journey right now? You know, where are you on the timeline? What has that timeline been? Yeah, so, so one, thanks for the incredible introduction. I mean, I'm honored that you chose me as one of your, I don't want to say panelists, but participants. It kind of is. Yeah, it kind right? of is. It kind of is like a panel that I'm doing that's not all at the same time. Yeah. I, want, I want to give people like more time to actually share their stories than like quick mm -hmm. responses to questions. No, and this is a genius way to do so. So where I am right now, I am currently in my second year of medical school. And the way medical school kind of works is same as you, we do the four years of undergrad, which people who do four years of undergrad and then get a job, 100% okay, 100% oh, yeah. necessary. Oh, yeah. But if you do want to kind of enter the professions that require a little bit of extra schooling, they are going to take a lot of discipline and a lot of work. So Medical school is four years. Um, I'm about halfway through my medical curriculum now. And then we have, it's called residency and it depends on which specialty you wanna go into. So say I wanna be a pediatrician or maybe I wanna be a gynecologist. Each specialty has a different set residency year of training. So if I wanted to be a neurosurgeon, my residency would probably be three to four years. And then I'd also, move into what's called a fellowship, which is where you kind of really master your craft. And yeah. that's a couple years as well, so. Okay, and where are you in that timeline right now? Yeah, right now I am just finishing up my second year of med school, moving into my third. And right. the way medical school works is the first two years, it is kind of just like an extension of undergrad, but at two times speed. Oh. And then, yeah, which is, it's rough. It's definitely rough. And then, we take all of the information that we've learned in the books and we apply it to patients and they throw us in the hospitals. We basically are kind of shadowing doctors all day and our opinions don't necessarily matter, but the doctors wanna make sure we know what is going on. If we were by ourselves, could we treat the patient? Could we figure out what's going on with them? And then we're kind of graded from like a letter of recommendation at the end and we also oh. take a short exam yeah and that's what determine exactly and that's what determines where you can apply to residency and what schools or i guess what programs will accept you for you i guess it's like person by person but for you does that make it more nerve-wracking more pressure knowing that your grade is kind of like a cumulative letter at the end rather than being kind of working, chipping away at it as you go? Yeah, yeah. So when I first got to med school, 110%, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not, how am I supposed to impress? What if I don't know something? And if it's just yeah. based off of, you know, what they see and what I can apply in the, in the space that we're in, then I'm screwed. But then I learned I am not as much of a textbook learner as I thought that I was. And 
learning medicine is kind of different than, so remember in undergrad, we kind of had to take classes required for our major. And then we had to take a few like extra things, like maybe yeah. a theater class or like an, an extra art or like a lifestyle class, something like that. Right. Well, med school, we don't really have that. So it's all, we learn things based on organ systems and it's like all of the biochemistry, all of the genetics, all the anatomy of one system. So like the brain or the heart or the GI system, et cetera. Yeah. And that's really hard to remember all that information, right? The good thing about moving into rotations or they're also called clerkships is that we get to see all of those manifestations of like the diseases and who is primarily affected by whatever we're dealing with. And it yeah. helps it stick a little bit better. So the more you're working, it's less rote memorization and more application to a patient, more recognizing and critically thinking things through as opposed to just this gene does this to a person, if that makes any sense. Well, you know, listen, I'm nowhere near the medical field. I, have no, I like, wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. But however, if I'm trying to, you know, understand by using examples in my own life and career, yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense when it comes to really a lot of different fields. You can read about these things over and over. You can be given mm -hmm. hypothetical situations, write papers, write um, responses that you think you would do. But when you're there and you're standing in that moment and it happens to you, that is when you really figure out what it is that your impulses are. Like, what is exactly. it that, you know, how does this work and how does that work? So that sounds like it would be the case. So that's really exciting Precisely. though, that you kind of are like on the precipice of that part of your journey now. Yes. And now I can't wait. I textbook work can <laughs> two shades to the wind. Like I, <laughs> I'm so over it. That way. Exactly. That's good. I'm sure that now that you like start your hands-on work, um, you're never going to want to see a textbook again. So <laughs> I, I don't want to see a textbook now, <laughs> but yes, you're totally right. Well, kind of if we're having to do, I'm really trying through all these panel conversations that I've been having. That's so funny that you said panel now that's going to stick. I'm telling you. As I'm it should. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but as I've been having them, trying to discuss with people kind of what are the silver linings during the insanity that this past year has thrown uh, mm -hmm. to all of us. Um, since you were still in this textbook part of your schooling, I take mm -hmm. it when everything shut down and restrictions got into place, were you still able to, for the most part, continue with your schooling unaffected? Of course, it's different. But right. like, were you still able to to stay on the track that you, quote unquote, would have been on? Yeah. So a couple of things changed when the pandemic hit and we had the stay at home orders and things. So another portion of med school that I didn't mention is that we have what's called patient interactions, where mm. they take us to like a simulation lab and there are fake patients. They're like paid actors and they come in with a chief complaint and they tell us what's wrong. We have to give them a full history to try and narrow down a diagnosis and then give them a physical exam. That's obviously right. not something that can happen um, in a pandemic. So right. everything from textbook work to that kind of stuff shifted onto Zoom. And it was definitely an adjustment. Yep. Um, I would say that yes, medical school carried on. It was more difficult in a sense of uh, 
you know, the schools and just people having expectations that our whole lives shifted, but the curriculum cannot shift or the the timetable that we're on, there's no wiggle room for that, which was very hard because a lot of people had, you know, tragic things happen to their families or, you know, people were losing their jobs, they didn't have money, they didn't have things to focus on, you know, what we came to do, which is study medicine. And yeah. I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent away from your question, but I, <laughs> but I do think that virtual medical school is feasible. So mm -hmm. even before the pandemic, all of our lectures are recorded and streamed onto Blackboard. And yeah. so it's not technically, we're supposed to go to class, but it's not super required to show up. And I personally didn't go to class. I would watch the lectures at home on like two 1.75 speed. Um, so I could pause and take notes because I'm a bit of a slower learner. Um, yeah. I like to read things through and that didn't change too much for me. But if you're a person who likes to ask questions to the professor in real time, and maybe you can't get your point across through typing into the chat box, it's gotta be really tough, you know? Yeah, I was actually, that's funny that you say that because I was working on something this week earlier um, for work and it was teenagers in the pandemic, right? We're heading into one year on. So we're asking like, if we kind of did a call out for high schoolers. Mm -hmm. We are like, so how, you know, how has life changed academically? Like, what are your thoughts? It yeah. was amazing, the variety of responses. I mean, we had people sending in that were like, I love this, I get out of bed <laughs> and I go, I hop on Zoom and I don't have to see anyone and I do my work and I turn it in and then I go about my day, right? So like learners like me. that. And then there, <laughs> there were some people that like, it made your heart hurt. They were like, I am, I really can't do school unless I'm able to go to tutoring hours and my teacher sits with me and this and that. And it's, it really is so person mm -hmm. to person. You're really seeing right now uh, the thing that people have been yelling about for years that not everybody learns the same way, nor should they be taught the same way. Um, Precisely. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, that's, it's amazing how that sentiment from high school up onto medical school, it's the same. Like you either love it or you hate it or you're doing well or you're not. Exactly. The thing that kind of sucks where there's a bunch of discord is that it's hard for people. And just because some people can adjust, everybody can't. And that just creates, I don't want to say unnecessary struggle because this is hard to work around. I mean, what can the principals and the professors do about a pandemic. There's not really much that they can do. But I do think if anything that this, what this pandemic should have taught um, like the schooling administration is to give their students a little bit of leeway, you know? Mm -hmm. It's one thing to have a learning curve, but it's a whole other thing to have your personal life kind of simultaneously flip upside down. Oh yeah. And, and it's always been the case that what's happening at home affects what happens at school. Like that's always mm -hmm. been true, always for yeah. a tale as old as time. Um, okay, so what do you want to do ultimately in the field of medicine? What's the dream job? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, undecided, which oh, is really? crazy. Love that. Yes, absolutely undecided. I am kind of torn. So I took a kind of an AMC questionnaire kind of thing where it's like, hey, what specialty is the best for me? Um, kind of what specialty is the best for me. And it told me that pediatrics, 
um, OBGYN, which is babies and delivery, things like that, and um, women's reproductive health. And then there's also psychiatry and that those three things match the best with my personality type. So I'm kind of taking it with a little bit of a grain of salt because psychiatry was never up my alley, really. Yeah. Um, I love babies. So I think pediatrics and OB will kind of like mush together. It'd be awesome to be a neonatologist, which is brand new babies, premature babies, fresh out of the womb, baby care. Oh my gosh. So cute. Yeah. It's very fulfilling. Um, but then on the other spectrum, it's like, I mean, I could be a badass neurosurgeon, right? So uh, <laughs> yes. I just, there's endless possibilities in the field of medicine. So I'm kind of, I want to do a little surgery, but I want to know my patients. So I'm trying to find a balance of which specialty lets me do both. I love that. Thanks. I love that you're so open to anything. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Literally. You're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, and I'm undecided and, and. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's so awesome. So hopefully though. during, so I don't know if I mentioned what rotations are, I apologize. No, rotations fine. are the, your third and fourth year of med school. So I said we get shoved in the hospital, but they shove us into different sectors and we're mm. in each sector for a month, maybe two months. And the longest are surgery and internal medicine, which are both three months. And that is where I will really find my passion in medicine because I'll see the hands-on work it's one thing to see something in a textbook and then another thing to experience what the work feels like while you're doing it. And that's where I'm hoping to gain a little bit of clarity, maybe get a little direction. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you about this. <laughs> Can we talk about Facebook doctor culture? Like, yes, we can. Can we talk about because <laughs> the past year, if we've seen anything, it's the rise in medical expertise on yes. Facebook, Twitter, yes. um, Snapchat. I mean, you name it. I, the Google like, Docs, right? Like, <laughs> honestly, Peggy from Albuquerque is just she is certified and ready to tell you exactly yeah. what to do. Yeah. As somebody with actual knowledge in this field and somebody who gets taught by people with knowledge and yeah. you're in this community of people that actually do know what they're talking about mm -hmm. in these fields, how has that been to see? Because it's frustrating for me and I'm just, yeah. a, I'm just a person. But when, right. I go on, when I go on there and see somebody posting some article that they found in the depth of the internet to... Uh, legitimize their worldview, whatever that may be. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. So this spread of like misinformation, medical misinformation, how has that been for you all? It is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly frustrating. For example, we can talk about the COVID vaccine if you want to. Um, oh, it's, it's on my list. It's coming. Okay, it's great. Coming. <laughs> okay, great. So just one, everybody is entitled to the healthcare that they want to receive. If you don't want a vaccine, don't get it. If you want a vaccine, get it. My problem is the people who don't want the vaccine telling people that the vaccine will cause autism, the vaccine will terminate your pregnancy, the vaccine will alter your DNA or mm -hmm. make you turn into a zombie or you know change who your personality, who you are as a person. That is what is harmful to the scientific community. And when people, you know, their sources are like these random.com websites or like not fact-checked, not scientifically 
research-based information sources. And, you know, the average person is going to see like a link or see if it looks like a nice website. I mean, it's easier to trust in it. It's easier to put your faith in it to believe it. Yep. And then when it turns on the doctors and say, I don't know, someone tried some remedy because Aunt Karen on Facebook said that if I mix these three things together, it'll cure my cancer or it'll cure, which if you want to try holistic remedies, if you want to do natural remedies, that's fine. Just do extensive research and consult a doctor first, right? Right. So you'd have to find the balance between knowing your rights as a person and knowing your right to find whatever information and use whatever information to your liking, you can't mix that with medicine because not all medicine is black and white. Actually, a lot of medicine is gray and blue and purple, but yeah. it, there are things that can't, that can't coincide with one another between science and I don't want to say faith because I'm a faithful woman. I believe in God. I pray. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes there is kind of a line that needs to be drawn between what will work and what has been scientifically proven and just what are your beliefs with no factual evidence, with no backup, with no, nothing to support. And I do believe in miracles, but you know, how often do we see miracles? If that makes any sense. That's why they're known as miracles. Right. Because mm -hmm. you don't see it that Precisely. often. Precisely. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah, that's why. Um, but you touched on the vaccine, so we might as well get into it. Okay. Um, there is, you know, the, the vaccine um, rollout is happening as we are recording this. Mm -hmm. um, let's just start with, is the rollout happening as quickly as you would like to see it in the amount and to the communities that need it the most in, in the best way that it could be happening, in your opinion? 110%, absolutely not. No, no. There are many people who want the vaccine that can't get their hands on it. Um, I think in the very early stages when Pfizer and Moderna just got their first couple batches out, of course, they're going to prioritize hospitals. They're going to prioritize the people who will be most at risk for COVID. Yep. But now that they've got kind of a hang on making the vaccine and sending them out, I think the biggest problem was that the government didn't make any type of mandate. They just kind of let the states do what they wanted in terms of rolling out the vaccine, which yep. hasn't really been done before. I mean, people are used to the flu vaccines and there isn't as high of a demand for flu vaccines as there is for COVID vaccines. So I think people have just started scrambling, right? Yep. Everybody's seen, I mean, 500,000 deaths is hor horrific, absolutely horrifying. So yeah. just think about the intensity of people wanting that vaccine versus the flu. And then think about an administration who has no idea how to handle giving it to the masses. So yeah. in my opinion, I think that the current president and the current administration should, I don't want to say snatch up the vaccines from all the states, but they, there need to be a set standard of rules. Because mm -hmm. for example, my boyfriend's parents in Virginia um, got on a wait list to receive the vaccine and they're doing it, I guess, in phases based on your age, based on your risk factors, stuff like that. And then my parents who are in Texas right now, it's just kind of, if you, can, if you can show up this day, you can get a vaccine. If we call you back, you can get a vaccine. So there's no common way for people to expect how to get a vaccine, how to get their hands on it. A lot of people don't even know who to contact or who to call or 
you know, do I just go to my hospital and ask for it? That's not clear to people. So I think communication is a huge issue that needs to states and cities yeah. and whoever's got it, they really need to amp it up because this is, I mean, this is a time people are trying to kind of people who want the vaccine um, and are able to get the vaccine are trying to put an end to the pandemic quicker to make, you know, the masses a little bit safer. And it's just making it harder for everyone to kind of move through, you know? I mean, that, that's been a problem this entire pandemic response. Yeah. In this country in particular, that we've got 50 different plans instead of one good one. Exactly. And, exactly. That, and we've seen that happen over and over again. First mm-hmm. talking about trying to get masks, right? Exactly. Remember when that was a thing? That, <laughs> that was like, a thing. That we needed N95 masks. You people, yeah. better, you people better not even try to buy these masks because exactly. we, we've got like four Exactly. We, <laughs> exactly. Then, so it was that, and then it was food and necessities toilet and toilet paper and ice and toothpaste and yeah. Okay, so then it, that ended, and then it became the next thing that that we we're running out of, and now we're here at the vaccine, and we're still falling into the same exact trap, doing the same yep. mistake. We've transferred administrations, hallelujah, but we're still doing the same mistake. <laughs> yeah. Like you just yeah. said. So it's just it's kind of like ah, okay, guys, we need to shore that up a little bit. Exactly. And have one good plan, but exactly. for you, you are vaccinated currently, right? I am. So I received. No, go ahead. Tell us, please. What was your vaccine experience? If there's anyone, listen, there might be two people listening to this. There might be 200. Who knows? <laughs> but if somebody's on here listening and they are unsure and they think that their arm's going to fall off if they take yeah. this vaccine, could you tell us your experience of both doses, the differences between the two, which one you got? Absolutely. So I received the Pfizer vaccine. Um, Pfizer is spelled P-F-I-Z-R. I think a lot of people kind of yeah. are like, well, what vaccine, what company is that? So um, it's a two series dose. And my first, they're both, um, I believe, 22 days apart, about okay. three weeks apart. And my first dose was fine. I got it in my dominant arm in my deltoid. So kind of right below your shoulder on your arm. Um, And the actual shot was virtually painless. I didn't know until it was over and she was putting a little Band-Aid on. Then they make you wait in a little waiting room for about 20 minutes to make sure you don't have any adverse reactions. Um, That happens with every vaccine. Even when you get the flu shot, sometimes they tell you to wait for a moment. And that's just to make sure you don't have uh, um, what's called an anaphylactic reaction, which is kind of like a really bad allergic reaction. So like some people's throats might close up or you might get hives, but they have medical, a medical team available with everything you could need to help you and to fix you and to transfer you to a hospital if necessary. That is very uncommon. Um, It's, I don't want to say very uncommon, but it is a lot less common than the propaganda media would like Mm -hmm. you to believe. Um, So after I received my first I waited for 20 minutes and immediately my arm was feeling pretty sore. I was kind of feeling it. And then uh, my boyfriend picked me up and drove me home. Later that night, I did a HIIT workout because it is better to um, move your arm so you can move the muscle, move around some of the inflammatory cells that are doing their job to build your immunity. And that'll help decrease your soreness. And I felt perfect the next day. Absolutely fine. No fatigue, no shortness of breath, no nothing. The second dose was a little bit of a different story. Now, the reason that the second dose usually has more severe symptoms is because 
your immune system builds up a defense mechanism and it decides this is the best mode of attack and this is exactly what we need to do. So after the first dose, it is, if you haven't been infected by COVID before, it's a brand new virus to your body. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to mention that this vaccine isn't a live virus, which means like there's no active virus in the vial. In the so mm -hmm, it's just deactivated RNA spike proteins, which help our body recognize what the cell looks like when it gets inside of us. So when our body first meets it, it's like, oh, I don't recognize you. And so we send our white blood cells. We have, you know, hundreds of thousands of different types of white blood cells that can pick out different pathogens that can get into our blood. And when the right one latches on, um, it says, hey, like you don't belong here. You're not a body cell. And then it goes and it tells all of its friends and then it replicates itself so that it can find any of the other cells that might have gotten into your body. Your body, it takes a little second for you to build that immunity. And then your body realizes, okay, this is the best way to break down this virus. We're going to do this again. So then when you get your next dose, it's almost immediate. And that's called adaptive immunity. So it remembers, hey, I remember you from the last time. And this is the best way for me to beat you. So yeah. your body is ramping up in full force. Full immune system is moving. And you get a lot worse reaction the second time because your body recognizes it and it knows, hey, if we needed to get to a fever of like, I don't know, let's, for example, 100 degrees to kill it, then your body's going to maybe go to 101 the next time just to be sure that it gets everything, right? Yeah. So I had extreme fatigue. My arm felt like it was going to fall off, total soreness, complete, yeah. didn't want to use it at all. And I also felt very... I don't, I slept for 13 hours <laughs> for lack of a better. That's what I've been hearing. Like just yeah. sleeping, like yeah. going yep. to bed and, and opening your eyes 14 hours later. Exactly. It's because your body's working so hard. It's got to use all of its resources to make sure that, Hey, you're not going to infect us this time. I don't mm -hmm. think so, buddy. <laughs> and um, some other common um, side effects are fever, which is totally normal. Um, our bodies raise our body temperature to more efficiently fight off things that are in our system that aren't supposed to be. Um, arm soreness is completely normal, even though mine only lasted for a day or two, yours might last for three to four days. Right. A little bit of redness, a little bit of itchiness at the insertion site is also completely normal. Um, but if that doesn't go away within, I would say four to five days, maybe call your doctor, tell them your concerns, and then um, they can clear up any, you know, concerns you might have or worries that you might have if it's normal. This project is really rooted in reflection, mm -hmm. reflection of this year in particular, in, yeah. in lots of in the experiences of the past. Some of the people I've talked to, friends from high school, we were reflecting on high school. Yeah. Is, have you done some of that recently? Like, oh, for sure. It's for interesting. Sure. Six years doesn't seem like a long time, but think about the changes like in the culture and in our world and in what's... Yes. And what? then you even think about it, we graduated six years ago. We weren't even experiencing high school. That yeah. was 10 years ago. <laughs> but Stop. Oh, You're right. God. Well, <laughs> you know, speaking, speaking of high school real quick, that we're, was being in the medical field always in the cards for you? Were you a little girl wanting to do this? When did you kind of discover that? And, and what was that like? 
Yeah. So to be 100% honest, when I got to high school and any time before that, I wanted to be a chef or I wanted to be a weather, you know, like the weather girls, they like yeah. show. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's what I, that is what I was destined to do. I just knew it. That was uh-huh. my fate. I was going to be on TV. Yes, and then right. I realized and learned you have to be a journalist first and you have to do a lot of writing things. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just not interested. <laughs> so it's not for me. Yep. And then I kind of fell in love with science. I was good at math. I was really liking cells and plants and crap like that. And then <laughs> things turned and decided medicine was for me. Did you have any teachers in high school? I'm just using high school because, and you can totally talk about elementary and middle. It's totally fine. But curious if yeah. anybody that I would know of that like really influenced you in, in whether your career or just as a person, like, was there anybody at Woodbridge Senior High School that really encouraged you and, and saw you. I'm coming to, like, as, I, as, as I get older, there's something to be said about really seeing someone, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if you're a teacher. Yeah. Like, if you really, see, you know, that's so important for kids to feel. They really see me. They're not overlooking me. They're not telling me off or just like, you know, treating me. Just kind as, of answering yeah. their question. It's a right. job, right? You're really seeing me. So was there anybody that really made you feel seen in, in high school? Yeah, I actually have two professors. Um, one of them was Brian Karnbach. He was a biology oh, yeah. professor. <laughs> Definitely was awesome. He was also my SALC um, professor for a little while, which was, if yeah. you're listening, it was like a leadership class. Um, and then Miss Robinson, Miss Emily Robinson. Yes, I remember her. Yeah, she, the both of them, looking back, it's very interesting to see how, you know, the small interactions that you have with people translate into who you become as an adult. And I can't explain how I felt seen, but I felt they made me feel like the work that I was doing was necessary, that it was important, that my opinion was worth listening to, you know, or my venting isn't, you know, me just being a dramatic high school girl, which it probably was at the time, but (laughs) making me feel like it was more than their job to be there for me when I needed something or when they were lecturing us or, you know. Yeah. Those are so formative. And like you said, you don't realize until way later. Literally (laughs) until we're old. (laughs) Stop. Oh my God. Don't even get me started. I feel like the pandemic has taken years off of our 20s. We're, We're not just... going to talk about it. The bags that you see, you don't see them. Girl, <laughs> this is why I wanted this to be an audio format. Look at look at this mess. Yep. Are you crazy? Fabulous. Thank you. But no, the dark circles is something serious. And, and speaking of things that more men should talk about. Yeah. Men the dark circles, right? We're on Zoom, right? We're staring at ourselves all the time. There is nothing wrong with a little concealer. Get over There's yourselves. A, get over yourself. Please. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm not wearing it right now. That's why it looks like I got socked in the face on both my eyes. But if you're in an important work meeting and you look at yourself in that camera and it looks like you haven't slept in 10 years, there are ways. There are ways to cover You better it go get Shade Match, that Ulta <laughs> or Sephora. Get a little something. Trust little me. Something. Color <laughs> correct. If you got it really bad, you do exactly. a little bit of orange on there and then cover Ex- it up. Perfect. Refresh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Where did you go to undergrad? Where are you now? We didn't even talk about that. I go to Meharry Medical College. It is a medical school in Nashville, Tennessee. 
and it's also an HBCU. So I'm really surrounded by people that look like me that really want to make the same kind of impact that hopefully I get to make. I, I had this conversation with uh, uh, Nathan. He went to an HBCU in Florida. Love that. And we had a whole Was it FAMU? Yeah. That's literally five minutes away from Florida State. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. So he went there and he, we had the whole conversation about HBCUs and how he never saw himself going to one. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. on his, to, it wasn't on his to-do list. He didn't yeah. think he, he didn't think he necessarily needed it. Like yeah. it just wasn't a thing, but he did it and how transformative that was for him. Something and I didn't know that I needed. That's exactly sure. what he said. Yeah. It was something I didn't know that I needed that changed me. Like, every Mm -hmm. every intrinsically yes because every space you walk into you don't have that do i belong exactly exactly you you don't have am i good enough it's like Mm -hmm. everyone here we're here we're here and we get it exactly we get it yep it's so important i agree for sure yeah so i went to florida state university for undergrad it's in tallahassee florida Definitely a college town, but incredibly beautiful campus, awesome professors. I had, I reflect on college more than I'd like to admit. I hate that I feel like those might be my glory days, but it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. I look, I was having this conversation yesterday with a co Really? Yeah. We, we were talking about the summer of 2017. Did you have a good summer of 2017? Because I certainly did. Top tier. I don't know what was in the water that year. The Drake year. albums were in the air. Everything was perfect. <laughs> I said, Kendrick released Damn. That, that, that catchy song by Chance the Rapper and Justin Bieber was playing all the time. And I Everywhere. Thought, I thought it was everything. That, that song it was, was like, everything. I was like, okay, roll the windows down. Hold on. I'm the one. Yeah, like that one. Yep. yep. We were young. We were still like... First two years of college, summer. Literally. I was, like, I was working at Probably Smoothie drunk. King. Literally. Oh. <laughs> Probably. Can we also talk about tolerance and how I can barely take half of a shot without is, wanting to vomit? But it's is fine. There, is there a medical explanation for this? Do you know? Because... I wish... When I find out, I'll let you know. <laughs> if there's a remedy, I will, you'll be the first person that I call. Because David in the summer of 2017 was living a life that David of 2021 simply cannot. Exactly. Truly. My I went, liver could never. Psh, I, <laughs> I, went, I went to a brunch last weekend Okay. for the first time in a while. Like, yeah. Again, everything here in New York is still pretty much completely outdoors. So you're in the mm. cold, but it was like, yeah. it was like, we've been working. We need to do something. Yeah. Exactly. We've been working really hard. We yeah. don't leave our houses. Can we please just go out and do whatever? Yes. And you know, brunch turned into, let's go across Seven the street. Seven mimosas, please. Right, let's go across the street. Look at that place. It looks kind of cute, right? We're here in New York. There's, there's plenty Love of places that, that support, uh-huh. support local businesses. There's to live. Right, so then Period. we all ended up getting, you know, five too many drinks. And the, right. next, <laughs> the, the next morning, Alana, I was like, excuse me, what is this? What is this? I didn't even go that hard. Literally. I need Pedialyte. I need Gatorade. I need a bath. I need my mom. Like, I need help. <laughs> I am not okay. Why? Why? What happened? Like, we were so cool. We were so fun. But it was So fun. young. So full of life. So full of life. But aren't you grateful looking back that we had all of our undergrad 
pre-pandemic. Yes, yes. That's some crazy situations they're dealing with right now. I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine. It's just different. Like, I know for myself, I wouldn't feel comfortable going to a, a house party. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? (laughs) And you already know people in college, everybody's irresponsible, but like the people that throw parties are like extra, you know what I mean? Uh, So there's just no way. And of course I'm in college. I'm still a little dumb. I'm going to go to the party. (laughs) That's the thing. No, but that's the thing. Like I'm talking as me now, but like, let me me be honest with myself. Like if everyone else is, if everyone else is going to the function, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) old me would have said we're gonna get exposed anyway i mean so like they're making me go to class literally literally and you went to and you went to school in florida so like i did go to and florida state has a reputation of being a party school right and they don't have any kind of like lockdown so exactly you'd be going to these functions (laughs) exactly exactly i'd be out which is ridiculous i when i messaged you to ask you to do this, the last message I had sent was uh-huh. on March 10th. Okay. And it was a message I sent you to a post you had made about COVID. This is no like, way. This, is pre, this is pre-lockdown. And I, yeah. was like, and I was like, I had reposted your message when you were trying to like inform people of like what, yeah. COVID, what COVID is. And yeah. I was like, you were like, thanks for posting. I was like, no, thank you for like sharing information. Like, it's great that you're Get doing out that. Of here. <laughs> oh my gosh. And look at us now a whole year later. That's the thing. Still when inside. I, when I saw that, I was like, yikes. We had no idea what was coming. Yeah. <laughs> so young, so full of life. <laughs> maybe that's Crazy. where maybe that's where it happened. That's where the life got sucked out of us. Sucked around, right out of us. Around March, April. Literally. That's so funny. But I besides that message, honestly, like I was trying to think of the last time. I saw Probably you in high person school. and I'm yeah. thinking it must have been our high school graduation. It had to have been. It had to have been. Unless we like passed by maybe with mutual friends, like you, right. were, you were somewhere and I was also there. Because we do have a couple of mutual friends that are like great friends of both of us. Like Naomi. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Love. My girl. <laughs> I adore Love. her. But do you still keep in touch with anybody like really close from our high school graduating class? Like I know you have a couple like best friends that were in our class. Yeah, so my sandbox bestie Natea is yes, Natea. still. How is yeah, she? She's doing excellent. She's doing yeah. awesome. Yeah, she graduated from UVA. Oh my gosh, two years ago. Oh my gosh, let's not talk about it. Oh. <laughs> she graduated from UVA, and now she's got her big girl job, and she's killing things. And yeah, love that. Love that yeah. For her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that you guys were together the other day. Yeah, she came to visit. She, and she, I saw her, I know I've seen her multiple times because she went to UVA and when I would go visit UVA, yep. I would always see her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so good. But it's, again, like, it's so nice to, I'm not saying that we're like old and mature and, and have it all figured out now, but like nice to to be so far removed from high school and like you can kind of reconnect with people and it's just exactly. great. It's good to see people doing well. Good to yeah. see people doing what they are supposed to be doing. And it's just exciting. I'm like happy for everyone. Why Me not? Too. Me like, too. Our tenure will be here before you know it. Get out of here. <laughs> Literally get out of here. What are we going to do? Are we all going to meet up? Let's see. We should do a cruise. I think that's what we should do. 
<laughs> this pandemic better be gone because we got to celebrate for that tenure. Literally. I want to, you know, wrap this up with a question that I've, I've tried to ask people who, who do this project with me. Um, it's a two-parter. So one, okay. I kind of hinted at it earlier. Um, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Can be from anyone, mm -hmm. any, any point in your life. Um, so let's just start with that. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? So I've actually got it typed on a sticky on my computer. Let me pull it up so I can read it verbatim. <laughs> As you should. I love that. Yeah. So this is advice regarding motivation. Yeah. And the quote is, it's easier to act yourself into a better way of feeling than it is to feel yourself into a better way of acting. And basically what that means is that action is what leads to motivation. So you can't wait around, you know, maybe I'll be motivated in an hour to get going. You have to, when you don't feel like it, the answer always begins with action and the motivation will follow. And then that motivation turns into more motivation because you see yourself being productive and it's the impetus and it is the precursor and you just have to just do it kind of like Nike, just do it. And then oh, the motivation so follows. <laughs> a word. I hope everybody wrote that one down. <laughs> yeah. That's good. It's so true. It is so true. Mm -hmm. Because you can spend days thinking about what it is that you want to do. Yes. Spend days. Yes. And like think yourself into a hole. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not acting like I figured that out exactly yet. I still do think myself into a hole sometimes. Right. But right. if you just get up and like take one step. One All step. says one step every day. Yes. In the direction yes. that you want to go. Mm -hmm. Like eventually you'll get there. Exactly. One small tweak a day. Maybe yes. I'll wake up 10 minutes earlier. And that 10 minutes yeah. means you brush your teeth 10 minutes earlier. Then you see maybe a little extra sun for, you know. Breaking it up into manageable things. Exactly. That you get, like attainable things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Love that. And then second part, part of this project I really wanted to do it for and, and am excited about is that this will be an audio time capsule this very weird time. Yeah, it sure will. In all of our lives. And it's also like our young adulthood. And I mean, I guess, can we still categorize ourselves as young adults? Like we're adults at this point, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, our early careers, if you want to say, you know, yeah. and we're, and we're going to have this, like we're going to have this audio time capsule of this time. Mm -hmm. So if you hit play on this five years from now, you know, what do you hope that five year later version of you knows, you know, not necessarily is doing, you know, because none of mm -hmm. us know, you know, yeah. I used to ask that question, like, what do you think you're going to be doing in five years? It's like, if this year taught us anything, it's that I have no idea yeah. what, what's coming. Like, I can't control that. But what I can sure. control, what I can control is like what I internally believe about myself, about the world, about others. What, it is, what is it in five years that you hope you really have solid in yourself? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. Honestly, I think... For me, my ultimate goal is to just be happy and fulfilled with where I am. Mm. And so I hope that I know that I can control the things that I can that will make me happy. And I, whew, let's see. I, 
am in control of my destiny, right? So I have the power to make myself happy with the small decisions I make, with the big decisions I make. Maybe some of them involve compromise. Maybe some of them involve, I don't know, lower pay or living in a crappy area. I need to love what I'm doing and I need to love who I'm with. I need to love the space that I'm in to be happy. And it is okay to choose that. And that's like, yeah. that, that, that's so good. That's Thanks. so true. You, you do get, like you said, that I would be in control of mm-hmm. all of those things. Yeah. And that's so important. And I think as we get older, like it really does become clear and people say it to you so much when you're younger, but if you don't like love what you're doing, if you're not happy where you are, like the rest of it, it doesn't really, matter. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And like, as you get older and you're like, yikes this it's is making my, sense yeah like <laughs> this is my career and my life so if yeah. i'm making if i'm making decisions for other people you're going to be miserable we're not they, no they're not is, cap, they're not captain of the ship here exactly it is okay to choose you yeah yeah for mm-hmm. sure no that is that is good i would take that with me and i hope anybody listening takes that with them as well You're incredible, Alana, and this was so fun, and it's so fantastic to catch up with you, and I wish you all the best, and I don't even need to because I know that's what's coming your way. (laughs) Like, this is so great, and I can't wait to continue to watch along with everybody else. Where can people find you? I I mentioned the podcast and the social, so where can people find all of your stuff? Yeah, the best place to find me is probably on Instagram. I'm on it more than I'd like to admit. And (laughs) (laughs) my account is paging Dr. Bryant, P-A-G-I-N-G-D-R-B-R-Y-A-N-T. Paging Dr. Bryant. Yeah. Shoot me a DM. That's my email. It's that same, you know, handle at gmail.com. If you want to chat, I'd be more than happy to talk to anyone who has any type of questions. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, Dr. Bryant, thank you. Can I call you that yet? Absolutely. Don't flatter (laughs) me. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Bryant. You are the best. And it was truly has made my week to catch up with you. And so excited to see everything that's coming in the future for you. This has been really great for me too, David. Thank you so much for having me. Of course.